0: relentless refusing to give up all right hit that horn babe let's dance
1: what's up everybody welcome to the fantasy flex podcast this is your fantasy preview for week 17 on today's show we're going to discuss the thursday night football slate dive into the week 17 main slate and build some dfs lineups uh here to break it down with me one of the top fantasy rankers in the game the odds maker sean kerner what's going on sean
0: what's up can't believe it's. Already week 17, uh, and this is the last Thursday night football game of the year, correct? Yep,
1: should another, be. So. Uh, another
0: great, great matchup here in the Jets and Browns. Gotta love it. Yeah,
1: not uh, not ideal, but uh, gotta, at least we got that Cowboy, uh, cowboy Seahawks Set. game a couple of oh, couple yeah. weeks ago. Yep. Uh, you heard Sean and I talking player projections this week on the Action Network pod. Welcome back. If not, be sure to check that out. And uh, if you haven't left us a five star rating and review yet, you can jump in and do that. If you enjoy the show, it uh, really helps us out. We also I run a contest where we pick our favorite each week and you get a free year action pro or some swag from the Action Network store. This week's winner is Turp MD. So thank you, Turp MD, for the five star rating and review. You can email podcasts at dot to claim your prize. Uh, also don't forget we got the Action Network discord server for anyone that wants to join free it's a lot of fun uh you can talk with uh, Sean who's I know been very uh active on there it's the link will be in the episode description let's get into uh, week 17 Thursday night football we got the jets at the browns as you mentioned Sean Browns by seven in terms of the spread the total is just 36 uh who do you like in the captain spot we're going back then, and we're going-
0: Uh, I'm going to go pretty contrarian here, and I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. And the idea is I want to invest in, you know, Joe Flacco and this much, much improved passing attack. And, you know, Amari Cooper and Dave Njoku are the clear top two options. I think they're going to be very popular here, and rightfully so. But I think that's why, you know, Elijah Moore could be sneaky. I think, you know, he's probably the clear number three option right now. So if if the Jets focus on slowing down Cooper, and Joku could lead to, you know, Moore being open. And there's really no easy matchup when it comes to this Jet secondary, but Moore's, you know, operating the slot, which I would say is probably the, the best matchup. You know, he's going to avoid the boundary corners here in Sasgar and DJ Reed. Um, so we saw Khalil Shakir post a three-catch, 115-yard game of the touchdown against them in Week 11. I think Moore has that similar upside. Um, and, you know, in the captain slot, I think his ownership is going to be very, very low. But there is a path for him to have, you know, a game where you'd want him in the captain slot. And, you know, this is a revenge game for Elijah Moore and Joe Flacco. So, you know, they could want to stick it to the Jets here, especially Elijah Moore, you know, very tumultuous exit with the Jets. So this is a spot where uh, Elijah Moore could have a good game. I, I still think he's really talented underrated receiver. Um, so, I like this spot to go super contrarian, go with Elijah Moore in the captain slot. Yeah,
1: it's really interesting, especially with Cooper coming off just a monster game. <laughs> Obviously, you know, he's going to be popular even against the Jets. Yeah. So, I like that. I am going with Njoku. I do think he will be popular as well. Probably a little less so just because Cooper had such a big game last mm-hmm. week, but uh, he's been killing it. You know, double digit DraftKings points, nine of his last 10 games. And, you know, like you said, there's no easy matchup against the Jets, but, you know, tight end is still, I think, uh, a spot that op- opponents want to target them last week 11 targets to uh commander's tight ends against the jets and they caught eight for 50 yards and a touchdown uh the jets really haven't faced too many great tight ends this year too so um you know i, I think with uh njoku it's probably gonna be one of the best they've faced so I'd like him to uh continue rolling uh, in this spot
0: yeah, he's he's just having a monster season. It's It's been great to see because, you know, for the first, like, five seasons of his career, he's had so much upside, but he's had to share time with, like, you know, who was it? Uh, well, Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant, but finally, finally, he's, like, the number one tight end on the team and just massive, massive upside. All right, who do you like for value? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, other tight end here in um, Tyler Conklin. Uh, you know, I mentioned on the projections pod that the fact that Jeremy Ruckert has already been ruled out uh, for this week bodes well for Conklin's playing time because Ruckert's really been eating into his routes around the the past several games. Um, CJ Uzoma's still on IR. uh, So really the only other healthy tight end is Kenny Uboa, who's not going to mix in too much. So, you know, Conklin saw an 82% routes around last week. Could see that being similar or even higher here. Um, he has three straight games of four receptions. So he's been very solid, you know, he's plenty of targets every week. And, uh, this is a matchup where I I typically avoid targeting tight tight ends against the Browns, but they've been without linebacker, Anthony Walker, who's been excellent in, you know, coverage against tight ends. So if he's out again here, um, you know, I'm going to like Conklin even more, but I I think Conklin's a very, fairly safe play that I don't think enough people are going to be on. So I I think he's a great, like mid range play here.
1: Yeah. Conklin, we've talked about it, you know, definitely had some high volume games this year. And I mean, the Jets really don't have many guys to throw to, so uh, don't hate it at all. Uh, I'm going with Kareem Hunt here. Always like him on this kind of slate. You know, he's pretty volatile, pretty boomer bust because he's touchdown dependent, but he has had eight touchdowns this year. He's averaging 10.7 touches per game and... You know, this could be a, a positive game script for the the Browns. They could get some, you know, short fields and things like that, some goal line opportunities. And the way you attack this jet defense, uh, is is on the ground, you know, as opposed to through the air. So uh, I do like Hunt here. It's kind of a hard guy to predict, but that's that's kind mm-hmm. of why you want to target him on a uh, on a slate like this. So. Like Kareem Hunt, limited in practice Monday. That's kind of been yeah. the, the norm with him. He's been listed as, you know, questionable, limited uh, to start, I think it was like the last month or so of the season. So I don't think he's at a risk of missing the game. Obviously, if he is, uh, then I know, you know, there's uh, Pierre Strong and and, uh, and Jerome Ford will get a boost, obviously. But uh, I'm expecting Hunt to go, and I like him as a as a value play, just 5,200 on DraftKings. Uh Who do you like for, Dr. Oves? Do you like that, Ted? Oh, they're okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm attacking the Browns' backfield here as well with Pierre Strong. Um, you know, Ford has been really struggling. So, uh, like you said, I do like the Hunt call. Um, he could mix in more on early downs, but he has been dealing with that groin injury. I think it's like five weeks now. He's opened yep. up yeah. with with missing practice and he gets limited. So I don't know. Maybe the short week it is something to really monitor closely. Um, but I'm assuming Cream Hunt will be a full go. But I mean, the Browns are touchdown favorites here. This is a game they should win easily. They've been just throwing it a ton lately, but this is a game where there could be enough volume uh, for all three running backs to see decent amount of touches here. And also, you know, the potential for a blowout where if they do start to, you know, get up 10 plus points here, that would be a time to kind of limit cream hunt and make sure that, you know, growing gets healthy for next week. So I can see Pierre strong getting a ton of work in the second half, fourth quarter specifically, uh, and he's been pretty good. Like anytime he's had some run this year, he's been efficient. So, like I said, with Jerome Ford struggling, we could see the the third back, uh, you know, and Pierce Strong see a little uptick and work here. So, I think he's a, he's a solid dart throw and pretty ugly slate. Uh, I think he could do worse than Pierce Strong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, I think this is this is the kind of week where you could see him, especially if the Browns get out to a a big lead, like you yeah. said. Um, I'm going with uh, Izzy Abanacanda, assuming he plays. If not, I just I, I, then I'd like Dalvin Cook. I think, you know, Brees Hall coming off a monster game, but it is a short week and Jet season's kind of in the tank. So, you know, they've been careful with Hall uh, a lot of the year. You know, could be some a spot where they try to be a little bit careful with him on the short week, mm-hmm. even though he's coming off the big game. And Abanacanda, three to six to nine touches over the last three games. He's dealing with an ankle, so... You know there is a chance he doesn't go, but if he does, I do like him uh, you know that means he's obviously healthy enough to play on a on, on a short week, and he has jumped dalvin cook in the pegging order, so that's kind of the key here they the jetsway has nothing to lose by showcasing him so if he if you see him active, i think that is you know that'll mean he'll be healthy enough to go and remain that uh r b two role so like him and if he's out for some reason then then I'd go Dalvin Cook just because I think it's going to be so tough for the the Jets to throw on the the Browns their only hope is kind of getting something to go on the ground maybe getting a short field or something like that and you know running back gets to punch one in or maybe you just get uh, garbage time and they take it all out anyway so either way whatever running back is the backup for the Jets uh, I think it's worth a dart throw it looks like it's going to be a band of who is, I, you know, a lot more explosive than Dalvin Cook at this yep. point. So I, I hope it's him. But uh, obviously that's something to monitor.
0: Yeah, I was so bummed. We were both bummed when they signed Dalvin Cook because Ibanecanda is a solid rookie. He would have been, you know, fun to have as Hall's backup. But I agree with, you know, the Jets season lost. They got to be looking ahead to next year. And that's why they mm-hmm. sang Dalvin Cook was to kind of save Hall from himself. So I can't expect them giving Hall 30-plus touches a game going forward. So it would make sense to get Ibanecanda uh, plenty of work over these, you know, next couple weeks.
1: All right. Let's jump to the main slate. Who do you like for stacks this week?
0: Yeah. So I like going with the Texans stack here, you know, hopefully CG Stroud returns to action this week. So I like going with Stroud, Nico Collins stack and uh, send it back with Deandre Hopkins on the other side. Um, you know, I'm expecting Nico Collins to be uh, Stroud's top target the rest of the season with tank Dell, you know, unfortunately out for the season. So Love Nico Collins' upside here. Uh, solid bet for, you know, a multi-touchdown game here against the Titans. They're a pass-funnel defense. Um, and I like the idea of sending it back with DeAndre Hopkins where, you know, this could be a trailing game script for the Titans where they air it out, you know, throw deep or, you know, throw often to Hopkins. Um, so I like his upside here in a, in a game stack. And, again, this is the week of revenge games. This is the ultimate revenge game spot for DeAndre Hopkins going back to Houston. So, so I like this stack. Um, and you know, for a more contrarian stack, I'm going to have to stick with my weekly Aiden O'Connell Raiders stack, but, uh, <laughs> I'm going with Aiden O'Connell, Devontae Adams, uh, as the core of that stack. And I'm actually going to send it back with Josh Downs here in, in sort of a game stack. But, um, you know, Aiden O'Connell, of course, he went off for the 250 yards and four touchdowns on Thursday night football. Um, uh, and then last week he only threw for 62 yards against the Chiefs. Because he didn't have to throw much, uh, they had that game in hand. They just were able to lean on Zamir White, and Aiden O'Connell was just the game manager. So that's kind of what we get with this current Raiders team. Uh, but this is a spot where you know it could turn a shootout. You know the Colts play at a fast pace, so it usually leads to more volume on the other side. So uh, I like going with Aiden O'Connell and Devontae Adams here. And I know you're a little bit down on Josh Downs, and I agree he doesn't have you know the yardage or touchdown projection you know production i would like but if Pittman is out again here i think he's a good bet for you know five plus receptions. so if this does turn to shootout, um I, I think this correlates very nicely
1: yeah i mean anytime i'm down on a guy i still think it's a good like dfs wise. it's a little different True. you know from yeah. from season one because that's kind of what the the context we're talking in. we're down on the floor um that probably means you know other people are going to be down on the floor as well, which you know sets them up for lower yeah. ownership, which sets them up for DFS. But um, yeah, I agree. I, I do think Downs is being hampered by an injury, though. That that I think is ever since right. he said it. I don't think he's had a good game since. <laughs> so true. you know, that's something he kind of got to take it into account. But uh, yeah, can't can't knock the contrarian uh, kind of stack there. Um, for me, I like. A couple, Derek Carr, Olave, Shahid, um, or you know, or one or the other. With Derek Carr, you know, fifty five hundred for Carr and DK Olave is only sixty eight hundred and uh, Shahid's only forty six hundred. Both of those guys ran around in over ninety percent of Carr's dropbacks, and this Tampa Bay team has been playing well, you know. So I think it's a spot where Tampa mm-hmm. Bay probably a good bet to put on some points. And you mentioned it, this New Orleans defense isn't really. What it's cra- been cracked up to be, they had some easy matchups earlier in the year, and I don't think at, at this point this Bucks offense doesn't really qualify as an easy matchup at all. Uh, <laughs> Baker's been playing well, Evans has been playing well, Rashad White has been playing well, so uh, like the uh, that that stack because I think the Saints are going to have to put up some points on the other side. Another one is Mason Rudolph, who's uh, reportedly getting a start again, Week 17 against the Seahawks. Uh, going with either Pickens or Deontay Johnson or both. I like Pickens. I think he'll also be more popular, obviously, after the massive week. So that's why I also include Johnson. I think even um, Fryermuth is an option. Uh, probably better on FanDuel just because I think Fryermuth's value lies more in him being able to, to get a touchdown. But uh, Mason Rudolph, you know, did go downfield to, to Pickens a lot more. Looked just more willing to take some chances. And you know Pittsburgh always finds a way. <laughs> to uh to, to get to 9 wins so they got 8 right now. They play Baltimore next week. Uh you know, they, you know, see what happens there but um I think I think this game could be another one of these games where Pittsburgh kind of surprises some people. Seattle's been a you know, outside the top 20 in DVOA against the pass. So they they've struggled on defense and you know, what Rick Woolen got benched uh at, yep. at a point and uh you know, Adams is obviously kind of probably not you not, not going to see him. So it's, it's, it's been a tough year for the Seattle secondary for the most part. So Rudolph, you know, just another – he's still getting him for 5K on DK. You could still buy low on him, uh, even if you know Pickens has a little bit higher ownership, just 5,300 for him, 5K for uh, Deontay on DraftKings. Still great prices um, for a team that we saw put up, you know, over 30 points
0: uh, last week. Uh, who do you like for, Dr. Ouse? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Um, well, at quarterback, I think below like 6K, I do like Gardner Minshew. He's 5,700 against the Raiders. I, again, I think this is a sneaky game to stack because, you know, the total's only 44, but that's actually one of the higher totals of the week. It's indoors. Indy loves to push the pace. So if Aiden O'Connell has, you know, a good game here, it could lead to Minshew needing to throw a bit more. Um, I would really like Minshew here if Michael Pittman returns. Um, if not, I'll probably stay away. But. Um, like him at quarterback and then at running back it's a guy I mentioned on our projections pod but Jalil McLaughlin at 4,400 against the Chargers he's an excellent GVP play Um, you know Denver's playoff hopes uh, pretty much shot now Uh, it makes sense to give McLaughlin more work I think he's been the best running back in that backfield so the Chargers give up explosive uh, plays to running back so I I think he could have a couple huge plays here uh, it seems like anytime he's on the field, he gets a touch, whether it's a run play or a pass play. He's being targeted f- on 40% of his routes run. So you uh, could see more playing time here, which just increases the chances of him having a ceiling game here. Um, keeping the revenge week uh, narrative going here, I'm going with DJ Chark at wide receiver. He's 3,600 against the Jaguars. I think his, his ownership might be a little bit high here because he is coming off a six catch. 98-yard, two-touchdown game. Uh, But Bryce Young has been playing better these past couple weeks. Uh, Looked really good targeting DJ Chark. Targeted him eight times last week. Um, And the Jaguars have been a bit vulnerable to downfield throws, especially lately. They've been allowing 95 yards a game on pass attempts, 15-plus yards downfield, which is the seventh most. So this could be a sneaky spot for Chark to repeat and have another big game. And again, uh, this is a revenge game for him former Jaguar so love his upside here especially at this price uh and then at tight end uh, I'm going super contrarian uh Noah Fance 2700 against the Steelers he's been you know quiet the past few weeks quite all season uh but uh he, he had zero targets last week but he's set a season high in playing time two straight weeks now last week he set his season high with a 70 percent route participation um, he's really improved as a blocker so he's been able to stay out there a bit more as a result um, you know he has big playability he's due for some uh, positive touchdown regression he still doesn't have a touchdown in the season which is crazy um, so I think he's gonna have very very low ownership for a tight end that's running a route on around 70 percent of the dropbacks um, and the Steelers tight end defense has uh, been good all season they rank fourth in DVOA but um, they haven't been the same without uh, Quan Alexander uh, on IR since week 11. Now they just lost uh, Landon Roberts. So uh, this could be a sneaky spot for Fant. Uh, again, his ownership probably 1%. Um, so I like him at 2,700 this week against Steelers.
1: Yeah, that, I like that quote because that would be a good – this would be the time for Noah Fant to randomly pop up again. I mean, <laughs> right? I don't – he didn't – it's like all the other tight ends caught a pass last week and he didn't. And so, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of the perfect type of uh, DFS play. Um, you know that, that we want to kind of make you're going to get you're going to essentially get zero ownership for yeah. for somebody like that a couple of guys for me at each spot uh, a running back Najee Harris is way too cheap on DraftKings he's 5k uh, and again you know Steelers they always found a way to get to these nine wins I think this week is better than next so even though they are uh, three and a half point underdogs to the Seattle Seahawks I think this could be a game where you know Steelers could take a lead or, or remain competitive Najee's only 5k on DraftKings uh, not going to do much in the passing game, which is going to lower his ownership. You know, I think more people would play him on a site like FanDuel. But um, even on DraftKings, I, I think he's way too cheap. And, you know, Seattle's outside the top 20 in DVOA against the run. And Najee outcarried Jalen Warren 19-8 last week. Uh, as in, you know, Steelers were underdogs by a similar uh, amount of points. So I, I think this is just another spot where you're kind of betting against the, you know, consensus game script here. Because if, if the Steelers do get down, I do think, you know, you see more Jalen Warren. Um, it, because he's going to play yeah. more on, on passing downs, but still like Najee, uh, at five K justice Hills, another one, 4,700 versus Miami out, snap Gus Edwards, 42 to 29 last week. And that was in a game that the Ravens were up, uh, you know, considerably at, for a decent chunk of the second half, uh, you know, more routes, more carries as well for justice so then gus edwards and now you go up against miami in a another game against you know a, a top team a, a good offense so i think you could see hill who's just kind of a better all-around back uh continue to to get more snaps uh, another guy at running back i think an interesting by well i'm curious actually is what you think about this mm-hmm. you know kind of a post hype chase brown dart throw at kansas city kansas city's 29th in dvoa against the run brown only had uh you know half dozen touches last week but cincinnati also really struggled so i think this might be a game you know they were designing like a lot of screens for him every time he was on a field he almost he was getting a a carry or a target but he did kind of get injured in that in that game a couple weeks ago so maybe that um maybe that kind of restricted his playing time last week but curious any if you have any thoughts on on chase brown because he was kind of like trending way up and now it's like okay maybe pump the brakes a little bit
0: yeah he's tough because um i don't i don't know if he needs a positive or negative game script because he really hasn't been running many routes there was that Mm. game i i took the over six and a half receiving yards and it seemed like he was in there like every passing out but it was just anytime he was in there like you said they would just throw it to him so he wasn't running many routes he's just seeing very high usage when he's in the game. I think, yeah, especially after Browning struggled that much, I think they will pivot to to even Mixon as well. I think they're just mm-hmm. maybe going to lean on the running backs a little bit more here and kind of take the ball out of Browning's hands. So I think it would make sense to to give Brown um more, more looks on the run game uh, and the screen game. So, yeah, I think it, another great like post-hype call where his, his roster ship will probably be lower uh, after yeah. last week, but the upside is still there.
1: Yeah, been targeted on thirty nine percent of his routes, and that's because <laughs> a lot of it is, has been screens, and that's something I actually want to look at in the off season, kind of mm. maybe separate out. You know, running back targets by like screens and non screens, just because um, screens, I think, are more. You know, they're just, they're kind of more. Uh, they're not just decided by luck as much. You know, there's kind yeah. of the, t- the teams are kind of designing these plays. So they might be a little bit more sticky um, from one week to the next and just, you know, check downs, which, you know, obviously vary depending on the defense and the other guys around you and whatnot. So um, that's something to look out for. But yeah, like Chase Brown at 4,700 uh, wide receiver, Darius Slayton, 3,400 at the Rams. Uh, he's back to running a route uh, close to every snap uh, for the giants had 60 or more yards in back-to-back games. The Rams are, Know, 20th in, in DVOA against wide receiver ones. They're not really a great pass defense. They're kind of getting by here, but uh, you might see Tyrod Taylor uh, for the Giants, which I think uh, might help Slayton uh, a little bit as well. So uh, like him as that you know top wide receiver for the, the Giants. Uh, and then another kind of post-hype guy is Michael Wilson. Uh, he's been wow. shut out the last two weeks. Um, so obviously I don't think his ownership will be high, but he's still that <laughs> – Still, that number one receiver really for for the Cardinals, um, and you know he has his air yard share. Last week was thirty two percent. The week before it was twenty percent. So he is you know involved, and he is he does have some unrealized air yards. So um, he could easily pop. You know it takes his one or two catches for or, you know a touchdown for him to pay off his uh, his salary uh, at near mid price. You know thirty five hundred on, on DK. And Philadelphia has allowed the most points. Uh, in fantasy, two wide receivers, maybe a little bit better with Patricia, but um, you know, still struggling. Still some you know personnel issues for for Philadelphia on the uh, on the back end. So like buying low on Wilson and Marquise Brown, you'll know, we'll see about him. He could uh, you know he could miss again as well. So uh, like Wilson, and then a tight end, Gerald Everett, three thousand five hundred at at Denver, season high eighty two percent route participation rate in his in the first game with the new coaching staff, again, Kellen Moore is still there. So I don't think it's like, um, you know, everything is going to necessarily be attributed to that new coaching staff. But I did think that was a positive sign. You know, Parham has been been banged up, but we have seen Everett just see kind of an uptick in playing time and production uh, over these, you know, past few weeks. And Easton Stick could could just be that Easton Stick looks for him uh, and looks for the tight end a little more than uh, Justin Herbert did because Everett, you know, had one of his – best games of the year last week with uh the uh seven catches only 42 yards but you know seven catches on eight targets the third straight week he had uh at least eight targets so uh like gerald everett uh, against denver who's ranked dead last in dvoa against tight ends all right let's jump to uh dk and create a lineup i believe you went first last week right
0: uh yeah yep
1: okay so you go let's go gerald everett <laughs> uh 3500 against that Dead last ranked uh Denver Denver defense versus tight ends.
0: Um let's see. I there's there's some uh there's some options out there this week. Last last week pricing was much better. Um I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna start I don't like doing this. I'm gonna start with quarterback. I'm gonna take Baker at uh sixty one hundred. All
1: right. Go to the Ravens D. 2,800 uh, against the Dolphins. I don't know how popular they'll be just because they're going against the Dolphins, but uh, they've been pretty good against, you know, good teams as well. Uh, None none more more than uh, San Francisco. In San Francisco last week, they scored 15 points, five Mm -hmm. picks, four sacks, and only 17 points allowed. So I think this Raven defense is legit. Miami's offensive line is banged up and receiving core as well. So, uh, give me the Ravens D at twenty eight hundred.
0: Uh, I'll stick with that same team. I'll I'll go with Zay Flowers at fifty six hundred. He kind of sticks out in that mid range. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave his over as it ended up being a lean. It wasn't an official play because I wasn't sure if he was healthy. Uh, but anytime you get the Ravens potentially in a neutral game script or possibly trailing, uh, it, it's just going to really elevate the passing game because they've been leading by so much this year. They've been so run heavy as a result. So just in what could be a shootout, I uh, like Zay Flowers here.
1: I'll go with uh, with Stafford at QB at sixty uh, six hundred against the Giants. Fourteen touchdowns, no picks the last five. I think he keeps it going.
0: Hall of Famer, just saying. Right. Yeah. Um. Who? uh man. I'm. I'm gonna go either ultra cheap or ultra expensive here. Yeah, I, I'm gonna spend down here. I'm gonna go with uh the DJ Chark play at thirty six hundred. All right. Less of a cash game play, but it's week seventeen. Who cares? <laughs> go for upside. Right. Speaking of that, I'll go
1: I'll go with uh Rashid Shahid at forty six hundred.
0: There you go. I know you already took a defense, but let me just get this out of the way. I Always hate this part. Uh I'm gonna Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bills. 3,900. I'm going to spend up to get them going up against Bailey Zappi. All right. So I have like 6,200 per player remaining.
1: Uh, Yeah, I have 65. Let's go Rashid Rice at uh, 6,900. He's had six or more catches each in the last five games. Uh, So I think, you know, important game for Kansas City here. Uh, I think Rice keeps rolling uh, in this spot.
0: All right, well, I'm going to counter your Stafford a bit here. I'm going to go with uh, our boy Kyron Williams here. Spend up, get him at 8,300. Just like this spot against the Giants, probably going to see 20-plus touches again here. Uh, So love his upside at this price, and I I still have, you know, 5,600 per player remaining. I I think I can can manage with that.
1: All right, I got 6,400 per player. I need two running backs, wide receiver, and a flex. Let's go Rashad White at uh, seventy six hundred. He's just been a monster. Twenty plus carries in each of the last four games. He hasn't had a, a game below fifteen point nine DraftKings points since way back in week six. So yeah, let's go Rash- Rashad White here, seventy six hundred against the Saints.
0: We both took the the running back of our opponent's uh, quarterback. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Uh, so I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna stick. I like the. Uh, the Everett play, the, there's also a guy in that same price range who I love this week as well, uh, Chigokwanku's $3,600. i am going to go with him. He, he's kind of turning into the guy that we thought he'd be all season. Last yeah. week, 80% routes run rate, six catches, six three yards, and a touchdown. At this point, I, I think even if Josh Wiley returns, I, I don't know how they you know, start taking away playing time for Mekwanku. He's been too good. So uh, I'm going to hopefully keep it going here. Hopefully C.J. Stroud returns and makes this a shootout. So I, I like this 3,500 range at tight ends this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll go with 6K average. Uh, we're going to go with go DeAndre Swift against the Cardinals. Uh, in positive game scripts, he tends to to do well. 20 carries last week. You know, Philly's been having a bunch of negative game scripts for uh, last month before that. But uh, 6,500, prices come down. So, yeah, let's go with him.
0: Yeah, he's not on fire. What the what the hell happened to Boston Scott? I thought he was gonna yeah. score a touchdown. <laughs> he ran into uh, his old man and
1: just never. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well. Uh the streak is over. Um yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna stack Chris Godwin with Baker Mayfield. I think part of Baker Mayfield's success the past few weeks is he's been targeting Chris Godwin 33% rate the past three weeks. So I think he's gonna stick with that. Uh Godwin's way too cheap at sixty one hundred, so like him here.
1: Yeah, definitely. Ever since his wife uh barked on the uh on Twitter, <laughs> it's been better.
0: I, th- I thought it was Insta. Was it was it X? Oh yeah, player? Yeah, 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 I think oh. It was, yeah, I think it was <laughs> one of them.
1: Uh all right, let's see. I got fifty seven fifty for uh wide receiver and a flex. So you got Mayfield and Godwin, right? No Evans? Yep. Correct. All right. I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Evans at uh seventy eight hundred and then I'll Pay down on the flex so counter that uh counter your mayfield guy stack a little bit
0: uh i was i was looking in like the 7k range uh travis Etienne sticks out he has a good matchup but man he's been miserable lately um i have the under on his 950 rushing yards i think that has a shot now um <laughs> i mean all all four running backs i took the under on the rushing yards none of them have like missed a snap all season Uh, And they're all going to be close. So it's like, this goes to show all the outs possible, but uh, ETN's one of them. Uh, I I like, I think you mentioned about uh, Saquon Barkley at Mm -hmm. 6,900 sticks out here. I'm trying to go for that range, um, but yeah, I think he could benefit if if they do go with like Tyrod Taylor, have a more traditional (laughs) veteran quarterback. I think that'll benefit him. Um, And he had another good game. So uh, I'm going to go with Barkley at 6,900. I think he's a little bit too cheap here.
1: I got 3,700. I'm going to go with uh, Slayton in the flex nice. at uh, 3,400. Think think, uh, you know, with the with me already having Stafford in there, some good correlation, and uh, maybe it's a counter to your Barkley. Probably not, but uh, St- uh, Slayton's been on the field almost every snap, so roll with him. Where are you going last?
0: Yeah, so I have 5,900. Um, some options at every position. Actually, I'm going to do something – weird here i'm gonna well not weird but i'm gonna go with a tight end in my flex um yeah trey mcbride's 5900 um and yeah like he's like he has a much higher projection than any other position in this price range which is kind of unique usually you don't see that at tight end but he you know such a great spot at philly don't know what's up with marquise brown so i actually like going with the tight end here in the flex like all these guys kittle mcbride and ingram Um, are are probably too cheap in like the uh 5700 to 5900 range this week,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tight end, that's actually an interesting roster construction. A couple of those tight ends,
0: uh, all right, uh, we got for the tie lineup. So, uh, quarterback, uh, I went with Baker Mayfield. My running backs are Kyron Williams and Saquon Barkley. Uh, wide receiver, I went with Zay Flowers, uh, DJ Chark, and Chris Godwin. Uh, my tight ends, plural, are. Chica Quanquo and Trey McBride in my flex. And for my defense, I went with the Bills at 3,900, going up against Bailey Zappi and the Pats.
1: All right, I got Stafford at quarterback 6,600. Rashad White at running back 7,600 with DeAndre Swift at 6,500. Rashid Shaheed 4,600 at wide receiver with uh, Rashid Rice at 6,900. Evans at 7,800. Everett, the tight end, 3,500 at Denver. And uh, Slayton. 3,400 against the Rams and the flex uh, and Ravens D 2,800 against Miami. That is going to wrap it up for our week 17 fantasy preview episode of the fantasy flex. Uh, we'll have the night shift episode out later in the week where we will break down the Saturday and the Sunday night uh, DFS slates and uh, you can head up actionnetwork.com, of course, for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content. Fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Don't forget the Action Network Discord. The links in the episode description for that. Uh, you can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free, award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get fish money.